Hey guys, happy Monday. This episode comes a little later in the day. I <laughs> ran out of episodes to be super transparent with you guys because I always am. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, okay. Um, I have so many great guests that I'm recording with, but somehow I ran out of <laughs> episodes. I was laughing um, this morning talking to Tila, my girl who works me on the podcast. I was like, uh, I don't have any episodes, so I just recorded an incredible episode, and so here it is. Um, so I hope you guys had a great weekend, and all is going well with you, and thank you again so much for all the love of my podcast. I know I say this pretty much every um, intro now, but I really am so grateful for all of you. I'm so grateful for this space and this community, for you all holding space for me, for listening, for taking in so much that a lot of this I know is not... Um, the easiest take in, it definitely wasn't for me either on a lot of these, you know, awakening journeys and just questioning things and diving deep, awakening, working through our own selves and my own soul. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack. I'll just leave it at that. Um, and so there's been a lot of episodes I know around that lately. And so I really appreciate you guys being open, holding space, checking it out. And, um, you know, just always for all the love. It really means so much to me. So on that note, Please make sure that you guys are subscribed if you're not already. Please make sure you leave a five-star written review on the podcast app or wherever you can leave a review about the show, why you love the show, any guests that you love, anything you want to share that helps someone else find the show. It really means so much to me. My goal is now 200 reviews. We're at like 177, I think. I think I'm going to start reading them actually on here. Actually, now that I'm saying that, I think I will read one now because I keep forgetting to do that and I keep wanting to do that because I'm so grateful for all of them. And so I think I will read one. Let me just pull up one right now and read just, you know, a thank you to one of the people who left a review because it really means so much to me when you guys do this. So let's see. Okay. Um, Allie is such an incredible host, and her energy makes the conversation so dynamic and engaging. Thank you. Working Mama Listens is what it is, and it says real. That means so much to me. Just even saying that it's real means so much because I really, really pride myself on being real, as you all know, being transparent, being transparent. Now there's a bug crawling around. I'm like, ooh, it's kind of beetle thing around me. Anyways, uh, <laughs> cuddle of the mountains of Pennsylvania. Um, you guys know I'm, um, if you've been following some of the updates, I'm still at my in-laws and they've been nice enough to <laughs> let us be here, um, for a minute while we get settled uh, in Tennessee and wait for our home. So I have lots of updates for you guys on that soon, but at the moment this beetle is like crawling around and I'm like, ew, okay, I'm such a, I squirm with bugs. I really do. Um, so anyways, but the mountains are beautiful other than that. And it's been nice to be in nature. It's so healing and I feel like just so like, I don't know, just so connecting in so many ways, but Anyways, thank you so much for that review. And here is Otto Gomes, an incredible cryptocurrency expert. He is a financial guru, also someone who's had his own awakening and speaks to mindset so beautifully. I loved this episode. I thought it was so cool. Totally different kind of than what I've done before. And so I hope you guys love it. If you do, please take a screenshot. Tag myself, Allie Levine Design. Tag everything with Allie Levine, the podcast page, so we can share it and share the love and, you know, just keep it going. Let people find the show more and get to add on to this amazing community because I'm so grateful for it. So cheers to all of you. Thank you so much. And here is Otto Gums. Enjoy. 
This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I'm so excited to have an incredible guest with me. Tonight, we're going to talk all things crypto, his journey, a little bit of his awakening. I was recently on his amazing show. He's such a light. He's such a cool guy. I can't say enough good things. Otto Gomes, welcome to my show. Thank you so much. I had a big smile on my face <laughs> and all that. I love it. And before you know, we get into it, I want to tell my audience a little bit about you. So guys, if you don't know Otto, you should, but I'll tell you guys a little bit about him. So after working as a manager in an accounting tax preparation office for over a decade, Otto was exposed to crypto in 2012 and took the industry head on. Finding that his passion was more on the creative side, he founded Decentralized Films LLC in 2017 and started working as a TV film commercial producer for crypto projects looking to start their marketing journey. And during that time, he acted as an angel investor and invested in over 20 plus successful ICO projects, as well as currently works in joint ventures that are on the bleeding edge of innovation in the crypto industry. Otto is also founder and mentor of the Crypto Made Easy course, which is bridging the gap between the understanding crypto and self-awareness. Okay, Otto, like I, I, I understood maybe part of that. So, <laughs> so before we get into that, because obviously you have such quite the bio and quite the success behind you, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you other than that we don't know, you know, from your bio, I just a little bit about you and your journey and kind of how you got here, because clearly you got some history before you got into crypto. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I would say my, my whole journey, awareness journey, let's call it started in 2008. It was after that, uh, market crash. Mm. You know, I, I, I grew up in the accounting office, uh, doing tax preparation. It's a family business and I was just doing my thing. I was kind of doing the nine to five, you know, going to work. I got married in 2009 and I was married for six years. Um, but during that first four years, I was just doing, <clears throat> doing my job, doing what I was supposed to do. And okay. then when the crash happened, it kind of shook me. I lost a lot of, I think I lost like 120 grand in that year and a half that I bought that house. Yeah, I think then, everybody lost so much money then. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and, yeah. You're uh, referring to the big stock market crash, right? Yeah. When the yeah. real estate, real estate blew up. Right. Everything. Uh, everything. Yes. Yeah. That's when I was working in corporate too. And I was working for um, coach at the time. And I mean, it was massive in New York city and I was laid off among with like so many others and it was crazy. And I was like, wait, what just happened? Like, I, yeah, I remember that like plain as day. Yeah. I was super blessed that, like I said, I had the family business. So it was something I could like, I, I, I felt safe in knowing that I had a job. Yeah. You're right. That during that time, I, I mean, I lost a lot of money with the, with the crash, but many people lost their jobs, lost, I mean, so much stuff. And to me, that was the, my, the first shakeup of this reality for me. I was like, this is weird. What, you know, I knew that markets would fluctuate, but, but that was such a dramatic fluctuation that, that to me, it kind of, I kind of stepped back and was like, what, what in the world? And 
that year was the same year that I saw uh, two documentaries, one called Zeitgeist, and one called um, Loose Change. And it was all about the centralized banking system and, and how uh, it was a pyramid scheme and it was, it was inflating at two to 3% a year. And once I started to really dive into those rabbit holes, that's when things really started to shake up on my perspective of this reality. Mm. Now it didn't shake me up enough to kind of, to snap me out of it, but it was in the back of my head. So it was and kind of like the first time you kind of started to become aware and have more of like these conscious thoughts around something versus kind of just doing what you were told. Right. Yeah. For my whole life, I've, I've led my life in being told what to do. Yeah. Just like this. Yeah. And there's, Oh, I'm supposed to do this next. All right. I'm I go to college. Okay. I get married. All right. You know, and it was just programming, right? Like we all I'm sure have our own. And so it was the first time that I was like, wait a minute, wait, this is weird. And then I saw the documentary and that connected more dots. And then, it, and like I said, I put it in the back of my head, didn't really think about it until I was exposed to crypto in 2012, end of 2012, beginning of 2013. Once I learned what that was and how it worked, really understood the fundamentals. That's when my mind just blew up because I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is our chance to really step away from this old system for us to really take back power of our finances, take back control of our finances. Um, you know, be our own bank, literally take back, take back the power. And, 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 you know, for, for a long time, I learned that it was called like the silent or the most peaceful protests against the system because oh. there's nothing because of the way that it's built. It's like, it really, uh, allowed us to disconnect from this reality. But yeah, I, for me, it was, it, that was my first moment, 2013 that I really, that I saw. I saw opportunity. I saw possibility in being able to snap away from this system. And, and that was my journey. That was the beginning of my journey of like taking back that power. And so I started investing money into it. I started putting pretty much all my, all my savings into it. And wow, everybody kind of called me nuts, crazy. Like, what are you doing? This is this internet money. Like, what is this? And to me, I understood it enough that that made me feel safe and secure. I was going to ask that. I was going to say, because in any parts of our awakening, right. And in any different journeys for those that are listening and even for myself, you know, when it comes to that awareness that you speak of, we are all called crazy, whatever, no matter what Avenue it is that you are in and you're speaking to, because you're stepping outside of the quote unquote norm, right. You're stepping outside of the box, outside of the lines. You're no longer following a system of programming. You're saying, no, I see something else different. And so when you speak about having it resonate with you and you felt safe and you felt good about it. Was that like right away when you stepped into crypto? Uh, no, at first I had, I mean, I, I had everybody telling me I was nuts. So I was like, am I, maybe I am, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, there was a back and forth of like my, my, my intellect was like, no, but you read the numbers, you read everything. And then the emotion was be getting me, you know, being pulled in the opposite direction. I was like, yeah, but are you sure? Like, do you, does that feel right? And I really had a disconnect. It was like a disconnect of my, my brain, what was telling me to what my heart was telling me. So basically like your ego and your like higher self and your intuition were kind of like doing this battle back and forth of like, no, 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 stay here. Cause it's safe. And like, this is comfortable. This is what, you know, stay here. And then your higher self was like, mm, there's something that's resonating. I need to go with that feeling. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause it's, it's my whole life. I've only led 
my decisions based on that gut feeling on like how it felt. Mm. And it was the first time that I was trying to do the opposite. I was trying to practice my intellect and go like trying to think more rational about it and practical. And so it was, it, for me, it was the first time I was really conflicted in what to do because I've, like I said, I've always led with the emotions and like this, you know, the door's open. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go this way. And this hey. is the first time that I'm actually like, no, let's practice. And I'm so glad I did because it was in that conflict that I found power. I found myself. In wow. like, I know this auto, you, you did the work, nobody else around you. My family didn't do the work. My friends didn't do the work. Nobody did the, put in the time close to me to like really connect the dots about the space. Right. It was, it was in that process. Like I said, it was in that process of questioning myself and, and, and being in that conflict that I was like, no, take back power. This is you, <laughs> you got to make the decision and go forward in it. And, and then so you'll decide what was it when, you know, this was all playing out. And like you said, you've always been someone who's listened to your heart and intuition, which to be honest, I feel like most people do not. And they listen to their ego and to the programming and whatever else you want to call it. Um, because it's easier, right. To just listen to that because instead of making your own decision and then essentially having to be accountable for that and have to like feel that and go through all that. So for you, when you realize like, no, you've done the research and you know how it feels and what you're talking about, that resonance and that energy and that feeling, and you decided to go forward with that. What was that like for you to then, like, when you first moved over to that, to step into that and be like, no, 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 I'm just going to go for this. Like, I feel it because like you said, you were called crazy. You came from the financial system with your family. Like, what was that like? And what would you share? Because I think that this is a really great topic because so many, especially now are kind of awakening to all different things and are going through that same inner pull, right? As well as the outside of the noise and everyone who's telling us things, um, whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether it be people at work, media, whatever you want to, you know, there's so much of it. Like, what would you share of yours? Mm, that's a deep question. Um, yeah. <laughs> we go deep, we go deep on here. <laughs> um, well, I would say that for me, you know, I think it was really just, okay. Like I said, I I've always led my life with that emotion, with the feeling of like, how does this resonate? That was always first. And so, so with crypto, it was, I very quickly felt that I very quickly just intuitively knew, oh, this is the way. And then what I felt was happening was I felt the need to have to prove, um, because mm -hmm. I, because I did do the work, I felt this desperate and it's a desperate energy to try to prove to people, to my family, to my, my friends that, they oh, no, this is, right yeah, yeah. Okay. Look, oh, I know I, I did make the right decision. This is, I, I, I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you. And <clears throat> unfortunately there's a negative effect to that. There's more of a repelling force that kind of pushes people away when you're desperate about trying to prove something. And in my family, they, they came back and would say, would tell me, oh, well, if, you know, if it's too, if it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Like if it's, if it's, if it's something that is, seems impossible, it's probably too good to be true. And, and they, and they would immediately shut me down based on that emotion that I was expressing of like excitement and this, this, like, I got to prove it to you. And so, yeah, that's what I went right into my, like, okay, I got to figure out how to describe this properly, how to explain it properly. And like I said, that, that kind of just created more repelling energy and it well, took me a few years. About the desperate energy, right? Not to cut you off, but I appreciate that you brought that up because I think that we've all been there, whether we're conscious of it or not. And when you talk about that and you felt that, and because you were in that desperate energy, you felt like, oh, I have to prove and I have to share this and look at this and look what I'm doing because I know I'm doing the right thing. How did you, I know you're about to say you went in a few years, but 
how did you move from that desperate energy of that clinging to like, I must, I must prove, I must show, um, I must make you, not necessarily have to make you wrong, but like, I need you to see I did the right thing kind of thing, the approval we all go through. How did you switch from that desperate energy into then a few years later when obviously you really got into this because like now look at you where you are and you're, you know, teaching courses and you're doing all these amazing things and you're really like ahead of its time in crypto. Like how did that switch happen? Because I love that you said that desperate energy was something that you kind of fought with and, and, and were, you know, um, dancing in. And I think a lot of us, whether we realize it or not, when we do something like this and then we get caught up in that desperate energy, you're right. Nothing good is going to happen. You just get caught up in it and you just keep fighting and you don't realize why you're in the same squirrel. And it's like, because you're still in that desperate energy. So how did you shift from that to something that was a positive? That's good. That's another good question. You're good. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't been interviewed by, by a really solid interviewer. interviewer <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> Uh, okay. So I would say, first of all, I had to fail. I had to fail a lot. Um, you know, it, it was the first time that I became aware that that was happening. I didn't realize that I was, uh, you know, pushing people away and trying to prove. And so there was a lot of failing and being like, why isn't this working? Why do, why do, why does this, why do people think that I'm lying? Is it because of my excitement? Is it the way I'm saying it? Is it the, the way that I'm forming the words? And I really had to like, try to understand myself. And, um, I'm great, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my journey because I was early on in my, uh, after I got divorced and that's a whole thing there, but after I got divorced, I got with, um, my partner now, and we, in the beginning decided to do couples therapy. And it was right after I hit bottom through my divorce, that things started to really take off in that positive direction. And so therapy really helped. But, but yeah, initially it was just a, a shit ton of failure and having to go through the, the hurdles of, you know, uh, questioning, like being curious about myself, like, why, why is this happening? Why, you know, and, and try not to, and, and I tried not to be upset with those that were asking or those that were around me, because I realized too, that there wasn't really any one place to go to and understand the industry, like understand crypto. So you have to do the work. You have to go out there and like pursue that information. And so like for me to come and present information, that's a first, like nobody was really at that time, 2012, 2013, there was no course you could go and look up yeah. and learn about crypto. All that, the courses really came out like the last three years or so, three or four yeah, years. Yeah, I would say when it became like trendy, yeah. When mainstream, when the mainstream adoption stuff happened around 2016, 2017, the first time, that's when like, oh, there's people asking about crypto. I gotta, we gotta make courses, but it's all these techies, you know, trying of to course, teach, of <laughs> trying yeah. to use the, all the words that we learn in crypto in the real world. And it's like, you can't do that, man. <laughs> um, but, but that's, you know, that, so I realized I early on, I, I didn't, I wish I, it clicked to make a course, but I realized early on, like, oh, I have to be, you know, be, uh, uh, empathetic or, you know, sympathetic to the people that are coming in because they're learning for themselves the first time. And it's funny. Cause that kind of goes into like what's happening in 2020, like everything that's happened in this world in this last yeah. year, like people are pursuing truth and pursuing this information. But if you don't do it yourself, you're going to just be fed someone else's truth. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so, so true. And I also appreciate that you said that it kind of, for you to go from the desperate energy to kind of moving over then to positive, it sounds like like you, what you shared, you have really had quite a few failures between 
failing in business with crypto of just what you were learning. And then I wouldn't, I won't want to say the worst of the failure, but that came to an end, um, you know, and so it sounds like you went through your own, you know, um, hurdles, if you will, before you got to the other side of, you know, something positive and, you know, between the business of crypto and your girlfriend. And I think that that's really important to share too, because I think a lot of people, don't realize that like whenever they look at someone say like yourself and they see like all these amazing things you're doing they don't know all the shadows that were behind it beforehand and they don't know all things you went through like I didn't know we've talked quite a few times I didn't know you went through a divorce like I know your girlfriend now who you have and what you guys are building and doing which is amazing but like I didn't know you had that you know and so I think that we forget that when we see so much success and we see someone in such a positive energy and able to really resonate and be conscious of their thoughts and what they're putting out there and what they're doing, it just looks like, oh, it's amazing, but they don't know the shadows and the darkness that were behind it and the work, like you said, that you do to get to that other side. I would even say, I would go one step further and say, if you um, be careful of those that are successful that haven't gone through the darkness and that, and that low point, because where does the same, where does the strength come from? You know, if you've never had a difficult time in your life, how can you overcome that? How can, how can you have the opportunity to overcome it? So, yeah, I, I think that it's important to be aware of that. That's a very good point. Um, you know, success doesn't come easy. It's not a, and crypto, you know, a lot of people come into this industry with the belief that it's a, it's a get quick, uh, get rich, get rich quick scheme. And it's not, <laughs> it's actually the complete opposite. It's very difficult and very, uh, multi-level and not like the multi-level market. It's just multi-level learning. Right. And, uh, and, and you really have to put in the time and work to learn it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to get into some things crypto with giving us like, just like some basics and just kind of get into like why you're so passionate about it. You know, why you now have courses, like what you're doing. Cause we're seeing this obviously more and more in the world, but before we get into that, like we talked about obviously like your positive switch. And when you start, when did you really start to see like, oh, I'm thriving in this. I also really trust myself. I see I'm creating a new reality. Like when did that happen? And what did that look like and feel like for you since you keep talking about how you feel? Gosh, I, I got to talk to you about like making up questions like you. <laughs> All right. I promise I'll keep mentioning that. Throughout the whole I time. love it. I think it's funny because honestly, like I, whenever I interview people, they're like, oh, your questions are so good. But I just swear I, this is, I shouldn't say this in my pockets. But I don't prep for shit. Like I look at people's like bios and like, I obviously have followed you and we've chatted on Instagram for like over a year now and I was on your show, but like, I don't know when I used to prep when do my podcast, I used to feel like I get tongue tied. And then it was like, everything sounded like to me, at least it was scripted. I just didn't like it. And so it's the same thing with my, my, my Instagram. People are like, Oh my God, do you sit there and like prep your posts? And I'm like, not unless it's like a paid sponsor campaign. Like I just write whatever comes out. So it's the same thing. Like when I'm interviewing, it's just like whatever energetically we're like sharing, that's what I share. <laughs> well, we we've tapped we've I've, I, cause I, I do the same thing. It's like just organic conversation and uh, we, we're tapping into like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, exactly. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> you don't mean to remember. Um, so I think I was asking like when you started to shift into that positive space and you started to yes. really see success in crypto and just even in your life and the, your reality shift, what was that like for you? And what was that feeling like for you? And like how, and when did that come about? Yeah. Um, so for me, it was, oh man, again, I'm super grateful for the opportunity to, and you know, when I say therapy, I, she's not really a therapist. Um, we're multi, you know, multi-physical metaphysical beings. So she, she's really like a clairvoyant. 
Oh, wow. Like she, she, uh, does muscle testing. I mean, she's down into the woo -woo, and I'm down into the woo, woo and I love the way she works and she really like connects, helps me connect to my childhood self and my higher self. With that said, she really helped me through a lot. And one of the layers of awareness that I had was becoming aware of my personal relationship to money. And, mm -hmm. and for me, it was very similar and in my, and I'm learning that it's not just me. Like, I think this is very common for most, um, that how the individual views themselves in the family unit. Okay. However that is in that relationship is how you treat money is how we usually treat our relationship to money and how we view money and feel about it. And that will create, you know, that literally will create your reality around that around finances. So once I became aware of my own like blockages with money of like how I even felt that I didn't deserve it, that I, I didn't, um, that it, it, I would connect it to love. I would think that you needed that to show love or you needed to provide to show love. And so I kind of viewed it as this evil thing and very disconnected from it. So as soon as I healed that, when I became aware of that and started to alchemize that and change it, no, this is a tool and I'm, I'm going to be the, this transaction node where money's going to flow through me. Once I started to really shift that things completely changed in how I felt about mm. the, the, the space and the industry and even how I felt about talking about it to others. And, and it became like, I realized as I would share it with others, they would get very excited about the space. And I'm like, oh, why didn't that happen before? Why did people, were, they were very repelling, you know, before, why are they excited now? And I noticed it's like, oh, because I changed my own, I healed my own relationship to it. Right. And how I viewed it. And then they started to pick up on that and like, oh, tell me more. Yeah, very cool. And I love that you said that about the inner child and your higher self and also connecting with that because I think, again, society, programming, whatever you want to call it, I think most of us have felt that way about money or still do, um, you know, because I definitely have gone through my own struggles of like, oh, we don't want to make too much because then, you know, you potentially like evil and this, that, and the other thing and you get wrapped into things you shouldn't get wrapped into. And, you know, then you, and you like take on these like limiting beliefs and you take on these things that are out there that sure those are what's happening, but that's not like true for everyone. And like you just said, you can be of service. You can have it be in flow and be part of, you know, you, but not take over you. And I think especially too, when we look at like media, right. And advertising going on TV, it's like, you know, you must buy this and you need to wear this and you need. And so when you go back to that and think about the money that comes into that, it's that same attachment. And I love that you shared, like you basically kind of let go of all that attachment and rewired yourself to see money in a completely different light. Yeah. Because you know, I, it's at the end of the day, it's about intention. If we, why are we doing the things we're doing every day? You know, if it's, if you, if you're, if your response to that is, oh, cause I want to get money to pay bills. You're going to be, you're going to be very limited and capping yourself in the potential and the possibility of life because money has a cap. It has it limits. It's limiting. It's you get the money in your hand and then it's there. And then, and then what do you do? <laughs> yeah. You know, what are you going to do with it? So if you're spending on, 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 on clothes and, and things, then, then yeah, then you really have to start thinking, okay, how, what is it? What is it that I'm truly looking for? What are I, what am I trying? What's the void that I'm trying to fill? And that's a whole, uh, you know, conversation. It's a whole, other, it's a whole other rabbit <laughs> hole to go down another podcast. <laughs> but yeah, but, but, you know, I think the point is it's, it's, it's the, it's the, what, what power are you giving money? Once I stepped away from giving it power, 
in, in my actions and looked at it as like, no, this is just a tool. This is a tool that maybe it was used, maybe it was created for evil. Sure. Maybe, you know, that's, that's, that's why it exists because it's for evil purposes, but I'm going to take this thing that they, 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 they created and alchemize it and start using it for good. And so once I started to look at it as a tool and say, okay, I'm going to divert this tool, this, this flow towards the things that are going to make me successful, that are going to make me the best version of myself. And it really started to invest in myself and my health in my, in my, uh, in, in my reality, everything. Once I started flowing it towards that, that's when I started to get closer to what I, what truly brought me joy and what really brought passion to my heart. That's when things shift. So it's really about like, what's your intention? What's the intention behind using that, that money and that tool? I love that. And I think that's a great, also broad question for everyone listening that it's like, what's the intention behind anything, right? It's like, yes, money is huge, but like, what you just said of how you limit yourself or you don't limit yourself. It's like, what is your intention? If your intention is something super small or like a super short-term goal, that's like, it's only to get me here. Well, then you've just limited yourself and you don't realize that like it could take you to whole nother heights, but you're not even setting that intention. So you potentially won't even go there because it's not even in your reality. So I love that you spoke to that about, it goes back to what is your intention? So obviously your intention now is to share crypto. You have your amazing course. You're really like diving in all things. So obviously this would be like a whole nother show for you to tell us all about crypto, but I would love being someone who really doesn't know much about crypto um, for you to like share a little bit about the basics, because to be honest, like, you know, because of Bitcoin and everything else out there, like, it's like, when I hear about stuff, I'm like, Oh, I don't know about that. It sounds like a scam. Oh, this, and I know not everything is, but because of certain things around, like, you know, you're like, Oh, like you said, the get, you know, get rich quick scheme and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. So I would love for you to share like what your intention is behind it and what you want people to know and a little bit of how to dabble in it. And then of course they can like hit you up and check out your course for like actual full blown knowledge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it, like I said, it's, this is, there's so many layers to this. So I could, you can go on for, I, I could, I, like I I did 26 videos. Each wow. one is about 15 minutes long. So it, I can go on for, for a long time talking about <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, so I think what I, what I, what I like to get people is this, this is the first time that we're being offered an opportunity to shift paradigms, literally shift away from a system that we've, we've all grown up into uh, these centralized systems that have given power up out, out of our bodies towards other things. Okay. This is the first time that we can actually take power back in to us. Okay. Take back control of our finances, our, our lives. And so the reason I believe in it so much, so, so much, it's, it's two variables, two huge variables that once I realized that these existed, I'm like, Ooh, this is it. This is really the way to do it. This is the, the true way to really decentralize power. Uh, so the first layer is that word decentralization. Uh, the, the, the internet, as we understand what we perceive that is the internet, it's only about 5% of what actually makes up the internet. When you log into Instagram, when you go to zoom, when you go to Facebook, uh, Google, those are, that's a very, very tiny tip of the iceberg portion of what we perceive to be the internet. In my opinion, they've indoctrinated us to be fearful of the other 95% by calling it the dark web and don't go there. Cause that's where all the drugs are done. And that's where crime is done. Don't go there. Meanwhile, it's really going on in plain sight on Google and everything else. <laughs> exactly. And that's like, the, that's the worst part about it is that like, like they're actually doing I have to laugh because it's terrible, but it's like, 
you're right. Like, oh, don't go here. You're going, don't, don't go. And it's like, yeah, really? Because that's actually where I found some real information. <laughs> exactly. And that's, and again, uh, as soon as, as soon as you get fed fear, question that because fear is not natural. So, you know, they, they made all this fear around that 95% of the internet. My opinion is this, is that the, 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 Five percent that they do control, and they do a lot of that manipulation and, and, and distortion of this reality in that five percent. Um, that's the that's the five percent is what they own of processing power in all of the internet. So if you were to go, oh, you know, who owns the internet? Well, if if the people that aren't pursuing this information, they'll they'll call out the big tech companies. But then, but that's not true. That's, that's a very small part of the internet. Now, what is that 95%? So every device, your computer, my iPhone, every device has an IP address. Okay. Think of it like a thumbprint. Uh, it's a, it's like a fingerprint, right? That's very unique to that device. And when you log in to the internet, what does that actually mean? You take a, you either connect to the Wi-Fi or you connect the ethernet cable and then you connect via this fiber optic cable to a connection of an interconnection of cables around the world that makes up the internet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Actually, it's a very small, very tiny part of the internet that they use satellites for that. They actually transmit signals up and down the vast, vast majority. It's hard lines, hard fiber optic cables that make those connections happen. Mm -hmm. So that 95%, you know what it is? It's your device connecting so it's your IP address connecting to another IP address. Oh, that, that makes up a highway that, so you're, you're, you connecting to, uh, the, uh, Instagram, right? That's one connection. That's, that's a highway that you've just connected from your IP address to theirs. Now, now the, when you, we, when the majority of the world is doing that, we're all connecting our individual IPs to the centralized IPs that's owned by big tech. Okay. Crypto is opening up the door that of that 95% for us to connect to each other without going through those centralized servers. So just that alone, that gives back the power of the internet back to the people. So like I can, there are softwares right now, applications, we call them decentralized applications that I can connect from my computer directly to your computer and transmit information back and forth without having to go through zoom or Instagram or any other application. So because okay, I'm, I'm trying to follow. Okay. So, okay. So that makes sense. So when you talk about that and like not being in the central system per se, you're not talking about like an example, like telegram, right? Cause that's still technically on that's a still central server. Right. Okay. You're okay. still using, you're still, when you open up the application, you click on that application, you're going on to their server to then everybody's going to their server to then use their centralized communication platform. Got it. Okay. Okay. Crypto is when I, I download a pro I download a, a, a software, a code, an open source. So it has to be open source. I download an open source software and then you download the same open source software anywhere in the world. And then our IPs now connect to each other via the highway of internet, the fiber optics through those codes. Okay. Yeah. It's like, um, a, a very good example is like, huh? Is it kind of like, it's kind of kind of covered off because you're not going through like the central, like, I know that's not the right term, but you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, you're not yeah. going through the central system and you're going around it in a sense. Exactly. I guess. So do you remember uh, Napster? 
yeah. or, or LimeWire. Yeah. So it's all, it's based on that technology where you, you know, LimeWire, what was there or Napster, you would download the software and then you go in there and like, I want to, I want this song, Britney yeah. Spears, whatever it is. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, you'd search for it and then it, you, it would pop up and you click on it. And what that would do, that would take that file from several computers that were close to you that also had that file. And so you were downloading a file from other people's computers. That was peer to peer. It's called peer to peer connection. That's crypto. Crypto is completely 100% peer to peer. It does not require a centralized system. That that that's huge variable. Huge uh, intrinsic value is given to that. And like I said, because it's 95% of the internet, and you need at least half of the processing power of that system to be able to make changes in it. That means that it's a truly decentralized, like it's proven to be truly decentralized from any central source. Wow. So I have a question. This might be a silly question, but you talk about Napster and LimeWire. Like obviously we, well, for those that are old enough to remember, like I use Napster all the time to get my songs. And I remember like when everything was going on, I was like deleting songs off my computer like crazy because everybody was like, oh my God, you're gonna get in trouble. So like, is this something in the future, like because of the same idea, people are gonna have to be afraid of getting in trouble with crypto or is that totally different? It's very different. Uh, you know, LimeWire was, it, it, it was bad because it, it, the people that created that content, so the royalty owners, the content owner, the, the intellectual property owners weren't getting paid for it. Right. And you know, that's illegal. <laughs> give the, give the artists what's due. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. made it. So that was, that was the bad part about it. But the, but with crypto, no crypto, it's like, we're creating value. <laughs> we're creating, we're giving, we're creating value out of thin air really. But, um, but it's backed by a hard coded protocol that can't be changed or modified and, and, and stands this, I mean, it's, it's been completely stress tested to stand the test of, of scrutiny on so many levels. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the other variables that I really enjoy about this industry that really brings a lot of value to it is that it's self-governing. So that same code creates this protocol within it that it doesn't need a human to come in and decide how much of that money will be printed or not. The code itself looks at it itself. <laughs> the code looks at itself and decides, oh, I'm going to make it harder or easier for more to be printed. Mm. And, and so it self-regulates. So it's not like diluting the, the, the space with too much money, but it's also pulling back and, you know, making sure that it's rare and making deflationary. So there's wow. a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of aspects to the protocol that makes it uh, gain value over time, which that right there is, is what really like is the beautiful part of it is that it's a, it's abundant. It's, it's made yeah. to be abundant. Wow. So like, okay. And this is probably like also like super like thinking basic, but like say, you know, I'm like, okay, I have whatever 500 bucks. And I'm like, I want to go do that with crypto. Obviously that's not what you say, but, <laughs> but clearly I don't know anything about it, but you know, like, okay, I'm gonna take a 500 bucks and auto, like, I wanna figure this out and like put it into crypto. Like, where do you even, I know this is a way much bigger process, but where would someone even begin? Like, how do they even like look at something like that? You know, so, um, you know, I said earlier, there's not really, even today, there's not really a really a one-stop shop to kind of learn the process and get into it. Um, I would always recommend to try to understand it, you know, try to understand what you're getting yourself into first. Uh, just so that you, you know, if, I think it's Albert Einstein that said, if you can't simply explain it, you don't know it well enough. So make mm -hmm. sure you know it well enough. 
And, uh, you know, that, that, that goes into this. If you make sure you understand what it is that you're getting yourself into, first of all, second of all, there are many, many platforms you can use, uh, today, many exchanges, many applications that you can go to, you know, you go to, um, the iTunes store and download or, or, uh, um, you know, for, for Android, you can download. And it's really about, it's really about finding the one that you feel secure, most secure in, um, the, the ones here for the U S that I would recommend just because they've proven themselves. Um, one is Gemini. Uh, they're, they're owned by the Winklevoss twins. I don't know if you know who they are. They, they, yeah, yes. uh-huh. yeah they had the, the idea for Facebook before Mark yeah. Zuckerberg. Uh-huh. Um, there's them Gemini. Another one's Coinbase is very well known. Um, another one, um, I wouldn't do Robin hood, uh, although many people do that just because oh, it's yeah. not only is it centralized in the sense of like, that's their servers. So you want to make sure you buy your crypto in a centralized server and then take it out of there, put it in a decentralized mm-hmm. wallet. That's not in their centralized server, but for Robinhood, you can't even, you can't even do that. You can't even withdraw at least in oh, wow. Coinbase and Gemini, you can withdraw. So, so they basically like hold the power in that sense because you can't withdraw. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so the opposite. <laughs> yeah. I tell people, it's like, you know, if, if they're holding, if they, if, first of all, if you're going to their website, they own the keys. So they own your crypto. Even if you buy it, it's not like, it's not like, um, stocks or commodities where, you know, that's just how it works. No, with crypto, you buy it on their platform and you take it out and you put it in your, your bank, your mm-hmm. own personal bank. Um, so I always tell people, it's like, make sure you, you buy it there, but then you take it out. And if you can't take it out, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, okay, that makes sense. And so like, the, thank you for sharing those as, um, as apps and things to check out. But then, so I guess the next question is like, when you were saying how it can be very bu- abundant and why you're very passionate about it, why do you feel it like obviously because it's decentralized you feel that also makes a lot of abundance because you're not controlled and it's much more open but i guess my question is is how is it also abundant in the sense of you don't have to be so worried i guess in the sense of like hey okay i took my 500 i put it into this gemini and i'm doing whatever with it clearly again don't know but you know i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing with it and then how do i know like it's actually going to increase in value you said it's not like stock so how do we like understand that to understand like of course everything is risk right that's life but when you speak to more abundance and i know you're very passionate about that of like why crypto in your own life and others that you've been teaching like what would you explain to others listening right now that are trying to get a grasp on this and be like, Oh, maybe this is something I should look into to be further abundant, to be more free with my money. Yeah. First thing I, I, I tell people is, is make sure you have a, the right intention or at least have an intention. Like, why are you in the, wanting to come into the space in the first place, depending on what your intention is, if it's to make money quick, you know, and whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's, uh, you know, just have one. Uh, it, it can, there's no judgment of what that intention is. Just make sure you have an intention. The problem is when you don't have one, then you become reactionary and like a ping pong ball, just get thrown around. <laughs> so whether it's making money quick, whether it's, you know, you're putting money away for retirement, whether it's because, Hey, I believe in the technology and i want to be part of this paradigm shifting landscape, whatever it is, make sure you know what that is because based on what that is, it'll determine which coin to get into. Now, what's really great about crypto, and that's what I love, I actually call it the gamification of abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of what I said, because yeah, it's the abundance or it's actually the opposite. Scarcity is built into the protocol, which is why we can come into the space with abundance. Mm. So 
we've all been born into this world of and indoctrinated into this world of, of uh, unhealthy capitalism where it's creates this competition, this weird divisive competition for me to win, you need to lose. Uh, and it creates tension and, you know, it's just, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And, and, and they'll justify it all day. They'll, they'll say, no, this is good. This makes, it makes innovation happen. And it's like, but is this the only way? Is this the only way that somebody needs to uh, become, put themselves, or I need to put someone else in a bad situation for me to feel better? Right, for you to be successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, why does it have to be that way? So I, I believe that the space uh, evolved into what it is today. It, it started off with Bitcoin trying to just like disrupt the financial industry, but now we're at like the fourth or fifth evolution since that era, since 2009 when Bitcoin came out. And the whole space has this mentality of building projects with built-in scarcity. So all that competitiveness, the, the scarcity, uh, being deflationary, being finite, everything that you can think of that makes something more rare as time goes on is built into these protocols, hard-coded. So just like a, it's a software, right? So you can, you can hard code anything you want. You can tell the software to believe or to execute any command you want it to believe in and execute. And so they took all that, they built it in. Let's say for Bitcoin, for example, there's two big variables, right? Uh, that's built in. First of all, only 21 million of these coins will ever exist. Okay. There's only today about 18 million in circulation, 18, 18 and a half million in circulation. 2 million of those are lost. They're like burnt. They, they didn't back up their wallets properly and they threw away the hard drive. So the, the Bitcoin's lost. So there's really only, only about 16 and a half million in circulation every four years. Okay. Every four years, the amount of Bitcoin that gets introduced into circulation gets cut in half. So every four years, um, the previous one was 12 and a half Bitcoins that was being pumped out every 10 minutes. And so about two years ago, it got cut in half from 12 and a half to 6.25. So now every 10 minutes, 6.25 Bitcoins gets pumped out into the network. Mm -hmm. And then in two years, it's going to go down to 3.125. And then, and then in four more years after that, it's going to get cut, cut down again. So that creates deflation. That means that as time moves forward, less of it is made. And then on top of that, you have the finite amount. So it's actually going to be a hundred. I think somebody said like 120 or 130 years before all of the Bitcoin will ever be introduced. Wow. And so these things are built into the protocols and, and Bitcoin is just one example. There's over 9,000 different coins that you can choose from and every single one, not every single one, let me take it back. The majority, the vast majority of them has those, um, those, those scarcity building mechanisms built in, which is why I say, Hey, buy the crypto, sit back and eat your popcorn and just wait. You know, if we can, if we, if, if we're talking, we're talking about retirement money, this is the levels at which we're talking about in a very yeah, short amount of time. Being, we're not looking at this and going, oh, I'm going to throw some cash in a couple of weeks. I can go on a vacation. It's, this is, you're in it for the long term. You're in it for the long haul, right? Yes. And, 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 you know, you can argue, well, oh, that's anything, anything you hold long enough is like, okay, sure. Gold. <laughs> compare it to gold. Terrible, terrible. Because why? Because that system is manipulated. It's diluted. It's inflated because of new money being printed crypto. You can't do that. It's the first time ever 
we've had an asset class be finite. That means that we know exactly how much of it will ever exist. We don't have that anywhere else. So is that why Bitcoin was introduced to kind of throw this off? Throw what, throw what like off? The whole crypto, like the way that how finite cryptocurrency is and how it really can be like so abundant for so many, like so many people have spoken to Bitcoin being a quote unquote scam. So many people have said, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like, is it, was it brought in for the reason of, I don't want to say destruction, but to throw off that system because of what you're speaking to of what crypto can do and what it is? No, that's actually, so I think there's a disinformation campaign. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I've heard that from many people about Bitcoin. Oh, it's a scam. Um, Dan Penna, he's that multi-billionaire who came yeah, out yeah. and was like, I know who, I know who the owner of Bitcoin is. And I thought you, you would, Bitcoin would go to zero if you found out who that was. It was like, this guy either knows what he's talking, he, either he knows enough about Bitcoin that he's very afraid and he's like trying to create fear to push people away from it, or he doesn't know it enough, or he's just like talking out of, he just doesn't know enough of the information to be able to simply explain it. Either way, it's an old billionaire protecting his billions. Um, I, on a, it's this, that's why I say, try to understand what it is first. Once you really allow the information to ingrain, you got to, and you really have to let go of how old systems were and how they were made and how they work, because this is really new. It's such a new paradigm shifting way of doing things. Um, and there's all these other variables that you have to take into account that creates so much more value to this system than the old system. But no, Bitcoin actually came out first. Bitcoin was the first one. It was the first one that introduced blockchain. So I, I like to tell people that um, crypto comes in layers. Okay. The first layer, the fundamental layer that everything is built off of the bedrock is blockchain. So all of the coins are based on the idea of blockchain, the innovation of blockchain, of, of doing transactions in a public decentralized self-governing way. And then the names that those, that blockchain is given Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, whatever the name is, that's the specific code that represents that blockchain. So, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin was the one, the first one to kind of prove that this system is reliable and it works. Now, will Bitcoin be the end all be all what we're going to use? Absolutely not. It was, it's, it's worth, it's worth as much as it is, in my opinion, first of all, because it was the first to be regulated. So, uh, when regulator regulators came in, they didn't understand the crypto space. And because of legalese, when they were writing down the documents, they wrote Bitcoin, 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 Bitcoin. And legally, that's the only one that is being regulated. Oh, okay. So, so it, it, you got all this value, I believe, this intrinsic value, not only from it proving itself, but because, yeah, uh, all the exchanges had to use Bitcoin as a, as a pivot or as a, um, a transactional point from fiat cash, from bank cash into the crypto space. And so you have to go through Bitcoin first. And so it became like the gold standard of the industry. It became, you know, the, the, the one that would really affect the entirety of the industry in value. Um, but, but in technology, like when it comes to innovation and how good it is, how, um, uh, uh, uh fast it is or whatever, it's terrible. It's like, it's the first, it's the first generation, <laughs> you know, we never buy the first generation, right? You always right. try to, you always try to well, wait for the best. You want to like, kind of let it 
like simmer and see what happens versus just like jumping in when it's still creating itself. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Which is funny because I'm like, I'm, people are exactly that for exactly that reason. It's like, why would I get into Bitcoin? Oh, well, because I believe, uh, two things it proven itself. So it's the oldest. So crypto being a new technology, Bitcoin proved itself. It's old, you know, in the, in the space, it's considered very ancient in the space because technology innovates so quickly. And then also because it was regulated first. So that, that I believe that makes a huge difference. That first regulator, regulatory step, if it wasn't for that, then yeah, the dollar or the, the, the funding or the new money would have flowed much easier into the newer technology, the newer levels. But having that first regulatory level be kind of capped by Bitcoin, if made, it forced all the new institutional money flow into Bitcoin first and then flow into the alternative markets. Mm, okay. I mean, I'm kind of, uh, if I do crypto, I will be calling you. I'm like, I, I'm kind of following, but like, I want to get like the gist from you because I feel like there's so many people that like are hearing about this, learning about this. There is so much disinformation, like everything else. And it's like fascinating. And because you've been really like, I mean, you've been doing this for quite some time now, right? Yeah. Almost a decade. Yeah. It was 2012. Yeah. So yeah. And would you say, you know, that leap of faith that you took and you know, that resonance of like what felt good and like your intuition, like, are you like so happy that you jumped into it and what you're doing now? Cause it's changed so much of what you're doing. It's literally, it literally changed my life. It was, you know, I, I put in, I put in a little under 20,000, uh, about $19,000 in a, in a span of about, I don't know, three or four months in 2016 turned. I mean, I, and, and because of my experience and and connecting with the communities and really just like, really, I mean, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work and there was a lot of guessing and there was a lot of luck. <laughs> it's a lot of things all, all put together, but I was able to turn that into millions, millions wow. in, in, a, in a very short amount of time in like three years, two or three years. Wow. So, um, you know, for me, in my experience, if you really don't want to get into very in deep, deep, deep into understanding the space so that you want to start like day trading, which is a, another layer. Um, there are layers to get into of just like setting and forgetting it, you know, just getting just, just about accumulating the asset. We have to really step away from giving value to this based on a dollar, based on that number. Um, that's also, I believe to be a little bit of indoctrination where we give value to things based on a dollar value, because you know, it's, it's a, it's a very easy way to weigh, to weigh if something is worth something or not, you know, oh, yeah. there's a dollar value to it. I know it's worth something right with crypto. You have to step away from that. You have to go, no, I'm accumulating a finite thing. I'm accumulating a percentage of an ecosystem. So it's a percentage. It's not a, it's not about the dollar value. It's about the percentage number. And so once you look at it like that, even a dollar that you're buying of that thing is worth a lot because you, because it's a finite amount. Wow. Well, good for you. I mean, to take that amount and turn it into millions. I mean, and even that, right? Like, like you were saying with like the luck and a lot of work, like that is not the norm for most people. Cause like you said, it is more of a longer retirement, whatever, you know, that, that later nest egg that you're creating for yourself is that's more the norm for crypto right? people that are doing it. They're looking at a long-term situation. Yeah. We're, we're still, if you were to get into this, when I got in, then, um, I, I probably wouldn't have said that. I, would, I probably would have still had that mindset of like, no, you got to learn everything. You got to do this and you got to do that. You got to really get in. Now I'm, I'm understanding that the vast majority are really going to get into this space 
at least now in the beginning to uh with speculation and just wanting to like put money aside you know and, and risk it's i mean they, there's still a feeling of risk even though like i have i to me it's riskier to keep money in the bank yeah, <laughs> that's I how i'm at <laughs> i'm at that level i don't i have zero money in the bank i have all crypto right now uh so so it's funny how i've, I've completely shifted but i can see somebody coming in and having the complete opposite end of the spectrum and going like, nah, man, you're crazy. The money in the bank is safe. Right. So, so, you know, it's, um, I always say just risk what you want to risk and, 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 and put in what you believe will be something that you would put in that you can look at in five, 10 years and, and then you can retire. And, and I, I say five to 10 years, I said, I said, I was like, no, it's gonna be much faster than that. I honestly believe a couple of years, especially with everything that's happened this last year. Mm -hmm. It feels as though we're moving towards like hyperinflation right now I know. for a lot of reasons. Crazy. I and know. if that, if that happens, that's, that's easily, a t uh, it'll open a floodgates into the crypto space. Well, so was, it happens that fast. Right. So I was going to say, like, I know to wrap things up here, but I was going to say like a couple quick questions. Like, do you believe that this is going to be the future of where we see a lot of money and funds and the way people do things and do you feel like you know this is the new system that's kind of taking us out of all of these centralized control we're going to call them corrupt or not i know some people feel no some people feel yes i feel corrupt whatever but you know um do you feel like that that's going to help move us towards that and like do you feel like it's going to be the next level thing of what people are doing because like money is going to change like what what are your thoughts around this and then i want you to share about real quick your course and like what people can check out from you in case they really do want to get into this whether it be today or in the future because of things happening <laughs> yeah um you know i believe that both systems at least for the beginning now are going to exist so you're gonna you're still going to have the old system the old banking system and what does that really mean right it means like there's a, a location you go to for a bank and you can stand in line at the teller with a check and deposit your check. And there's the whole old system and you log into your online you know, account. So that will still exist. I do believe, I truly believe that that will still exist. As, and, and, and side by side, you're gonna have the new system starting to be used. Today, today, I'm I, the only reason I have a bank account is so I can pay my rent, but everything else I pay with crypto. And they have systems that you can use. There's resources that you can use today that you can, you can have like a debit card. You can have all the things that will still function in the old system, but completely disconnected from that, from that, um, old system banking, you know, old banking system. So, you, so today you can, they both do exist. They both are in tandem with each other. And it really is about choice, right? It's about choice of living in one or the other. And, and now will that be the future? I think that, I think that, um, as we progress, uh, forward, the system will start to merge. You'll start to see the old system creating their own, uh, I call them branded coins. So it's like, it's more centralized blockchain technology. It's not decentralized. So you have to be, we're going to have to start really using discernment and research to, to be aware of the ones that of the projects that are being used benevolently or malevolently mm. is this project only perpetuating the old system, or is it actually a paradigm shifting project? And so we're going to have to really be careful because they're going to be very similar and they already exist. There's projects today that already exist that are just the old system in a, on a, on a blockchain, uh, uh, type style. And so, and so they already exist. 
So we have to really discern for ourselves which ones are the good ones, which ones are the bad ones, and then move forward in the one that we want to support. Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, thank you. That's a lot to like take in, but it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And like, when you break it down the way you did, like, it's at least I can take it and like start to understand a little bit, because to be honest, people talk about it and be like, what, what is this? It sounds like a scam. Like, you know, so it makes, it makes a little bit more sense. I understand that it's like obviously very complicated. And I think also to the fact that you're like, there's so many layers, whereas like, you know, someone could totally just be like, oh yeah, just, you know, throw your money in, you know, get rich quick. Like you said, scheme, like clearly for you, your intention behind it is like really understanding the work behind it, really researching it, understanding it, and then wanting to dive into it and like why they want to, which is a much bigger picture, right? So you have your course and all these things like share with us real quick, a little bit about that. And then of course, where to find you and follow you. I feel like I'm going to have you back because I have so much more to talk about, but I know you have to go, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, my course, I am, I'm finished with it. Uh, I'm actually about to launch it. I think in the next week or so, uh, I'm, cool. co I'm coordinating with my team right now to, so we can do this properly because it's like six months in the making. I've been trying to do this for so long, uh, but it's pretty much done. And it, it dives deep into not only the practicals, like how, what is crypto, like how to buy it, where to store it, how to properly back it up, how to transfer it. I go through all that. I even go through like uh, even more advanced things of like uh, passive income options, how to properly um, diversify your portfolio, how to layer it properly. I mean, I go through all those in-depths, but one key thing that I've noticed that nobody else is doing in, at least in the teachings is the mindset. Mm -hmm. All these people are coming into this space right now with this like old mentality, this greedy old mentality. It's like, oh, you're so divisive. Go back. <laughs> we don't want you. Uh, so I'm like, I got, I have to at least introduce people to their relationship to money, at least become aware of why you feel the way you feel. And so that's where I started incorporating the mindset work. Uh, first becoming aware, like, um, uh, awareness of reactions and emotions, and then <clears throat> seeing where you stand on the, on the spectrum, the scarcity abundance spectrum. And then what are the, the necessary steps to practice to start embodying abundance and, and you know, wow. actually, actually, so uh, integrating it. It's not huh? just, so it's, it's really going to be more of a conscious course that entails the mindset and the awareness around money, as you said, in the relationship and then getting into the details of crypto, but it's not just straight, Hey, this is how you're going to do crypto and how you're going to make money. It's like, let's talk about all the things of how your attachments are, your beliefs around money, what that looks like, and then dive into that's pretty cool. Like, I love that because I feel like more and more people that are creating, like you said, this paradigm shift and all these new creations are coming from a very conscious space. And it's really cool to see that, which my, okay, last question for you. When you talk about mindset and you talk about awareness, and this could be a whole other topic, but I just give a little, a little bit for, to close out the show. Like, what would you tell people that don't really have a clue about, you know, their mindset or their attachment, whether it be to money or something else, how do they start to become aware and start to awaken and really start to shift into that mindset shift versus just being fed and, and listening. Um, I, you know, I thought I had my book here. Maybe I can do it off memory. So <laughs> I'll give you, I'll try to give you like the, the, so I have this intention setting practice that I do, um, which is, which is really just try to become aware of self, like wh why you feel certain about certain things. Um, but the first step is like, try to figure out 
what matters to you most, right? What matters to you most? And if it's money, go back to the drawing board. <laughs> money, money is, is a tool. It's not a, it's not something that should matter. It's something that you should use like a tool, like a knife or like a, you know, you don't, you know, you don't give value in that sense to something so obtuse. So what matters to you most? And I, I think that's, that's a, that's the most important layer when coming into this space, because then you can really start get clarity on that intention of like, what am I really working towards? What's the, my purpose? Um, <clears throat> and then curiosity, be curious. You know, it's, it's wh whichever side of the spectrum you fall on with money, whether you look at it as evil or as king, right? You can look at it as like something that is, is from Satan or something that's, from, that's godly. Wh wherever you fall on that spectrum, be curious as to why. Why do you feel that way about money in the first place? And that's a very difficult step. I think that that awareness step is not only the most important, but the most difficult because you're really trying to fight against a belief system. You know, you're really trying to fight against what's ingrained in your own nervous system. What the, and the nervous system is really interesting. It's going to do everything in its power to justify and protect that old belief system. And so the awareness, once you become aware with that curiosity, which by the way, it's, it's really cool. Try to be, try to be angry and curious at the same time. Impossible. <laughs> you cannot do it. Um, what, you know, once you allow curiosity into the body, the anger goes away or the sadness goes away. And for that moment, you, you literally start to rewire. You start to create the new synaptic pathways in that moment of awareness. So practice that practice that curiosity. And at first it'll be difficult. It'll be hard and write it down too. write it down in a journal. At first it'll be difficult it'll be hard, but as you move forward every day doing that, you, you'll start to, you'll start to at least become curious, practice curiosity. You're going to not practice. And that's like a, um, that's a neutral emotion. Practicing that neutral emotion will put you in the middle of the spectrum to look at the, the stuff around you and go, okay, where do I want to go? What's my now, what do I, what do I actually want to do with my actions and my, and my, and my move forward that okay. that'll find out, create the fine tune, the intention for you. Okay. So it's really, like you said, it's starting with that intention and basically writing it down and really getting like clear on your intention setting and then kind of letting curiosity then play into that to let it kind of come into a full blown, like your own awareness of like, okay, what is this? What am I getting into and, and, and allowing yourself and whatever, whatever it is you're opening up to, but that actual awareness and that mindset shift. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, there's more layers to that as you can move forward in that process, but, um, that's the first step. And what's going to happen is you're going to become, a, um, you're, you gotta be patient with yourself too, because I've noticed that in the process of self-awareness, you'll, you'll swing back and forth in that spectrum of becoming the observer, right? Where you're like looking at your life and yourself, like, um, let's say you're like playing a video game and you're the guy with the remote, you have a character on the screen now. So when you're the observer, you're now holding the remote, looking at yourself in the screen and you can see, oh, I'm in that movie, I'm yeah. doing that. And then you swing into becoming the actual player, the character, and you're in it and you have the emotions and you're, and you're, ah, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, what am I doing? And then you try to snap out of it again and become the observer again. And you're like, oh man, what was that? Where did that come from? Why did I feel that way? And so you're going to, you're, uh, you know, you're going to be swinging back and forth from those two states. And the goal is, in my opinion, to try to shorten 
the amount of time between those two states. And, and the, faster, or the faster that you can swing back and forth, it'll eventually like, boop, and then you just become, your, you are the observer, I am, right? right. You become the and center of the universe. You spoke to, right? That's when you see your actual reality shift because you're no longer just observing, you're no longer actually reacting. Like you said, in the pendulum swing, I love that the analogy you gave of like video game, it's true. It's like, you no longer are just reacting you're no longer also just observing, you've kind of found this middle of like center overall, and you're able to kind of take a little bit of that observation and see how it's playing out and see the actual reality shift, which you spoke to in your own life. And that's where magic happens. That's when you start, that's when you step away from programming, like just executing a program and just reacting to then creating, to alchemizing, to taking back your power, literally, I mean, once you're, you can find that fine tune yourself to that middle ground, then things become awesome. Oh, I got chills. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome place to, to stop. Otto, thank you so much. I know I took more of your time, but this was such a great interview. I'm so happy we have to finally align. Tell us where we can find you and follow you and guys, everything will be in the show notes. Make sure you guys check out Otto. Yes. You can find me on Instagram.com slash Otto Gomes. Um, it's all, all my, I'm in like everything. So just look for Otto Gomes. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, Facebook, but uh, you can go to my website. Uh, it's going to be autogomes.com. It's not ready yet, but it's autogomes.com. And, uh, also, uh, uh, autogomes.crypto. I got that one. It's a decentralized. Oh, cool. There you go. Cool. <laughs> awesome. It'll all be in the show notes, guys. Otto, thank you so much for sharing everything with us and especially the mindset around money. I think that was so awesome. So thank you. And cheers till next time, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe. Tune in weekly for new episodes and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.